Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today, we uh, do we have any news? I don't think we've got any news. It's been a while since the last podcast. Well, we go on holiday soon. Oh, yeah, That's holiday soon. Before we go on holiday, we've got like another three podcasts to do we record. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but we'll get through them. Mm. Um, so, uh, yes. Hello, everyone. Not very much news, except for the first time in over a year, we're going to go on holiday. Woo! Oh, yay. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's our, actually our honeymoon, isn't it? Because we got yes. married. We got married last November. And we said at the time that we, 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 uh, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to invite anyone to the wedding for obvious reasons this year. But that was always the plan. If we got married, no, don't invite anyone. <laughs> and then we'd go around and, you know, travel around and see all our friends and family. Visit at people. Various, uh, visit different people. Oh, let's say, let's say, let's put it this way. It's what? the first leg of our oh, honeymoon. Yes. It's the first leg of our honeymoon, which is going to be the UK side of the honeymoon. And we'll do the Germany and European end of the honeymoon um, some other time, yes. I'm sure, yeah. when it's a, easy, a bit easier to travel. So, yeah, we're going to go over, see my parents for the first time in two years. Yeah, since, since uh, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Did they visit us in 2019 in Berlin or was that in 2018? Oh, that's long ago. Uh, yeah, that was long ago. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So it's two years, two summers ago yes. that we saw them last. So, yeah, meet up with friends, family, see all the family for the first time uh, in, in ages, which will be really cool. Yeah. All right. That's our news out the way. Let's get on to today's book. What's the book? Tell the me. The book is another uh, book by Neil Asher. Okay. And uh, the last mention of Neil Asher that we had was, I think, one of the spaceships in Salvation. You know, the Salvation series by Peter F. Hamilton. Yeah. He named he named a few of those uh, books. Oh, yes. There, there, was the, there was the Reynolds. And there the was, Asher. Uh, there, no, what is it? The Reynolds. Alistair, one was named after Alistair Reynolds. Another one by the Morgan. You know, there was a, a yes. Richard K. Morgan book. Yes, and there was a Neil true. Asher. You mm. know, there's sort of like this cadre of, um, you know, science fiction, space opera kind of writers in the UK who all these guys are probably about the same age yeah they all write you know big spaceships and robots and wars Space and, things. and cheeses and yeah heists and aliens and all that kind of stuff anyway yeah. I like this kind of stuff and yeah. I uh, have been enjoying this Neil Asher series his main world that he writes in you know each one of these writers have got their like be, you know their, their, the one the, some of the like universes that they write and of course right. Ian M. Banks had the culture um uh, Peter F. Hamilton has had the Commonwealth and the Confederacy and the Conglomeracy. No, what was that? The other ones in the, the Conglomeration. You know, all of these things. Anyway, yeah. so the one, the one that Neil Asher has, he has the Polity Universe, the Polity, Polity. World, Polity. Yes. And um, it, it is actually quite a. It is. It is. You know, if you know the culture, it's similar in some ways. Okay. But the culture is always like it always feels very utopian on the inside. Yeah. And, and everyone quite is quite hedonistic. <laughs> Yeah, hedonistic, and everyone loves being in the culture. So that was actually yeah. like a, like a true utopia. And the issues that it has around the edges is mostly like, oh, what's going? Like, you know, this something's going on here, and we'll send down an agent. Mm. You know, you got these. Th now that's what they also have in in the polity. So on the inside, yeah. l I would say less um, less. Uh, uh, utopian because there isn't an option to leave the polity now if you're someone oh, who's right. in the culture and you're like i want to leave and they're like okay go yeah. but see you later go, go, i don't want to be your own, okay get well, your own planet yeah do well what i think they say at do. one point they take out some of the technology that's in there so they can't just go and you know so they, well, what they want to stop people doing is just leaving the culture and going setting themselves up as a god or a king or an <laughs> owner of a planet yeah. they're like oh you want to own a planet here's a planet we've got loads of planets just take yeah. this one and they're like oh no i want one with like millions of people who can me and the culture's like, ah, actually, nah, you can't look. do that. But it, you know, quite a few of the stories, or a number of the stories of the of the culture, are people like just leaving the culture. They're like, actually, this isn't what I want. Yeah. And the way is out of the culture. And I think that's one of those those clear dividing lines between, you know, between a a utopia and a dystopia is yeah. that a utopia has to be optional, and it can't be optional because everyone decides to be there because we've reprogrammed our brains to be happy in there. Anyway, so yep. the polity has um, factions within it which are like the separatists and uh, mm. other things. Um, and then you're always questioning who are actually the people with the good intentions here. Well, here's the thing. The, the, what I found really interesting about this series is that as it goes on, the artificial intelligences, the AIs, the different, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, you know, AIs, you know, there's the Earth, the Earth artificial intelligence. 
And that the, like, that, that's the main one. That's the biggest one. It has the most processing they're power. They're in charge of where okay. Earth is. And mm -hmm. kind of Earth is the is the center of the polity. Right. And what one of the books is called The Line of Polity. And the line of polity is how far the polity has expanded outwards. And right. it's always expanding outwards. Yeah. And they even, you know, there's lots of mentions like, oh, we actually didn't want to be part of the polity. So we went way beyond the line of polity and we set up our like separatist place over there. But they still got us. But the line, the line of polity will keep expanding expanding outwards and keep bringing in these worlds right and they send agents down because they know the polity knows that the life inside the polity is better, than, better on than on the outside yeah. but it is always that thing where like um the greatest good for the greatest number of people means oh there's a few million people who we have to kill over here uh -huh. but there's trillions of people over here that that will actually be better Benefit. for mm -hmm. and I, I what i really enjoy about this book is that always that interplay between like how many people like if it's always about the greatest is good for the greatest number of mm. people mm. um you know it always reminds me of the uh what is it the um hot fuzz movie where it's uh, simon pegg and nick frost in a in a they're they're policemen in a small town yes in, in uh, the zombie apocalypse no not no? the zombie apocalypse oh, no. no no it's just uh, they're policemen and they do all the hollywood movie stunts and those right, gunfights yes. and stuff and there's the the local council there or the, was it the the neighborhood watch area or whatever yeah. it was and they're like the greater good the greater good and yeah. it's all the greater good and it turns out oh if you're actually up for the greater good the greater good of the town we have to actually you know look after all the oh we went to uh, when we were over there last year wells you know we went to wells down yeah, near, down maybe. Near, yeah, anyway. It was okay, down, a town. A town a village. down there. We, a village. we visited Cheddar and Wells yes. and those anyone. Anyway, that's where that movie, that's where one of those uh, things oh, are set. Right. We got caught up in the one-way system. Anyway, yeah. the greater good. It turns yes. out you can justify killing a lot of people for the greater good. Yes. You and what can. I enjoy about this book is the interplay between like what, like what is the greater good? And what is an author or author? authoritarian no no that's the, the, the whole point of this is that if we accept that the inside the polity inside the line of polity is better for everybody mm. it's like life is better for everyone inside than it is for outside why wouldn't you always try and get as many people inside your borders as possible and it's true yeah. it's true yeah. that's the thing like yeah. and it's one of those great quandaries you know like the whole golden rule rule like treat other people you know don't treat well that's the thing the different formulations is do you want to treat other people as you would want to be treated or do you not want to treat other people how you wouldn't want to be treated and the different interplay of those things is is kind of an interesting thing because you because this is the thing with christians they're like oh if i was like i would like if if i could imagine myself not as a christian what i would want is for all like like all Christians to come and do everything that they can to convince me to become a Christian because of course the greater good for me is that when I die I have eternal life in heaven so it's best for them to do everything that they possibly can to me in my current life up until like burning me on the stake to cleanse me of my sins to uh, to then be able to live on in eternity in the grace of glory of God sure. so if you're a really hardcore Christian, yeah, maybe it is best to burn people at the stake. Yeah. Now, again, this is the extreme example. Ha, um, yeah, but it's always this kind of like, uh, we just want to show and it, it, this what? this thing was said again. I always have the best intentions for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this, like, okay, um, you wanted to, to be good for a person. Yeah. But in the intentions end, don't matter. It, okay, but here's the thing: if there is a situation like the polity, where right. life on the inside of the polity is just objectively better for everybody to be inside it, okay, why wouldn't you just keep trying to get as many people inside the polity as possible? Would you also do that if you are the person who then doesn't benefit from it? Well, that's the balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, that, the greater, that's the whole, it's the that's greater the whole good. Question. Again, this is just all background stuff that's right. always going on in these novels. The one of the ways that they that they want to do it is that they try and have a poll for, and they have to make sure before anyone before any um, planet like an election. Or any, yeah, no, not no. an election, but it's like a poll. Oh, what they okay. want to do is they have to make sure that fifty percent, more than fifty percent ah. of the people. That's not in this book, but in previous books, more than fifty percent of the people on a planet all want to join the polity, and then they will join the polity. So they. Send you know what that reminds me of? What's that? 
Brexit. No, well, that's the thing. It's, that's it's, it's absolutely like, it's what reverse that reminds Brexit. me of. So what they do is they send loads of agents in and send lots of technology down to listen to everyone. Mm. And they have like the sentiment, sentiment analysis that, and they keep track of everyone. And they wait until 51% of the entire population has said Talk. something like, yeah. oh, it'd be so much better under the polity. <laughs> and they're like, tick. <laughs> they keep going on. Oh, and that's God. the thing that you can do. Anyway, this is all in the background and kind of un- like undergirds what's going on. This is continuously going on. It's in the background of what's, what, what, what the polity is not, for. Like you said, it's a series. What, what, what book in I'm the series is I'm up to book four now? in this one. Four. I can, uh, I, uh, let me just go through some of the previous ones. First of all is Gridlinked, then The Line of Polity, uh, and then Brass Man. All of these I've given like 3.5 stars, 4 stars, 3.75 stars to. And then the book that I'm talking about today is Polity Agent. So even though right. we've, we've had... Um, We've had Gridlinks, Line of Polity, Brass Man, and this is the Agent Cormac series. This is now Polity Agent, which isn't the Agent Cormac series in total, and it's not the Line of Polity. It's a different book called Polity Agent. Uh, but this is not Cormac. This is Agent Cormac. Yes. And Agent Cormac is called, a, I'm just saying, this is called Polity Agent. Yes. But in other words, the series has got agent in it and a previous line, a previous novel title has got polity in it. Yeah. I'm just saying, I was trying to make it confusing to understand what book we're reading. Oh, wait. So now we're reading um, Polity, polity agent, agent, not Line of Polity Anyway, polity is it's it's a, it's a, it's a fun word. Why not bring it in there? Yeah, so, sure. Here's the thing. What it says, what what we made clear at the start of this is like, why are these artificial intelligences sticking around? Mm. And they it pretty much says that hey, we, if we wanted to, we could you know do the whole singularity thing and mm-hmm. uh, just accelerate our technology way beyond anything else, and accelerate our capabilities, and accelerate our intelligence, and just leave humanity behind. Yes, absolutely, because this is what they should do. Wh- who should do that? The intelligent, the whatever, what? the artificial intelligence should leave humans behind. No, but the, yes. the artificial intelligence know that if they leave the humanity behind, humanity w- wouldn't be able to deal with itself. Yeah, they wouldn't be yeah, able to stay exactly. in peace. They wouldn't yeah. do like that kind of stuff. <laughs> they, so They would th- just disintegrate yeah themselves. i mean the same kind of thing happens in the in the uh in the culture series by ian and banks you get the uh the the sublime you know where they go into the sublime or whatever and they yeah. suddenly they just do when they go oh i know how to turn into pure energy and just exist oh. on a different plane of existence yeah. and they all go there now what happens in this yeah. book it's made clear that the ais don't want to do that okay so what they put in place or what suddenly ha- what's actually been set up over four novels now and also i read the spatter j series and other things are going on in the spatter j series mm-hmm. it's just there's kind of like a different series they're over in the other side but um, in the same universe? same universe and actually some of the events in that were referenced in this book so even Ooh. though it says oh chronological order is this i'm like no but they just mentioned that this thing had gone over there and that's the thing that stopped the war like okay. some of the war that happens in the background of these books is mentioned in in those in these other books right you know, Praedor Moon is another novel that I read as a as a standalone novel, and that's also going on in this Praedor War, which isn't happening anymore. Other issues come up in this one. Praedor is just big, gribbly, you know, scorpion kind of alien things that we don't, okay. don't need to deal with now. Okay. Anyway, so here's the thing. The artificial intelligences are not human at all. Well, no, they're artificial intelligences. But they want to be able to deal with humans on a human level. Okay. So... Agent Cormac, no, let me say this. He is, it's so difficult because there's so many different layers. This entire series is is like a thought experiment of, is how much how much can you augment a human until they're not human anymore? And this book is the one that gets like most into the weeds with this in, okay. to the point where like characters are saying, ah, oh, it'll be really easy. I could actually just solve this problem quite easily if I just like stop using my... Stop using my, my hu- biological <laughs> brain and then just run my thought processes on this processor over there and then yeah. I'll kind of feed it back. But then you're like, actually, then my human, my, my brain itself that won't, would, yeah, would it's not doing the work it, anymore. Yeah, it wouldn't, oh, Oh, it, it didn't do the work, so it doesn't have the satisfaction of getting the answer. It's like ah. you then, are you uploading? Oh, I thought then the, the, because if they would do all the processing with the with the processor brain, the, the real, the biolo- biological brain, brain couldn't couldn't just cope with it anymore because okay. it's too much it, yes it is too much so the, just to go through some of the different levels that we have here of different brain like how much is a someone a human anymore yeah in the in this batterjay novel they they there's quite a lot about the um uh, the golems and the golem 
is somebody who has died but has a scan of their brain. Yes. So then what they do is they preserve their body mm. and then they take the brain out the body and install a computer that's running their brain inside the like the skull the cavity. Body. And but then of course they're trying to keep their 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 body alive like not that not that like they're trying to keep their dead body biologically, biologically alive. alive but that doesn't work so then they slowly replace them parts of themselves oh. over time as okay. it goes on. So they have a human and and they're trying to but then they can upgrade their bodies as they go along. And Right. As they go through, there's like Golem, you know, 7.5 and then Golem 9.21 and then Golem 15. And Golem 15 is like really high level. So these are kind of like these cyborg, but kind of not cyborg because they're actually robots, but they're running. Anyway, there's that whole kind of thing going on there. Yeah. You also just have like robots, like uh, the battle bots, the... Um, a bit like the culture, you know, war drones who yeah. are just like, oh, they've just got they just, their personalities in themselves. Programmed. They fly around and shoot stuff. missiles at people. Yeah. Okay, there's, so that's that's 100% artificial intelligence, but they're small. They're kind of like, you know, human size or, you know, car size or tank size, you know, like they, they, they're, they're uh, but they're not like spaceship size or planet right. size. So they're not, yeah. they're not totally massive. Right. Um, so they can't be running like super, super, super high level artificial intelligences, but you know. And they, they're contained in they're this the Self-contained unit, yeah. yeah. Then you get, um, again, I'm, I'm definitely missing some of these out here, but then you get people who uh, have the, the program, they're, they're human, they're alive, they're not died yet, they, uh-huh. they are still human, but then they have this, the, what they have called orgs, you know, the augmentations. Augmentations, yeah. And they augment their own capabilities in various ways, but when we're yeah. talking brain-wise, yeah. these are the people who keep doing it, and if they keep orging themselves up, they actually all kind of reach this like baseline level of as awkward as you can be and then they all have to make the decision shall i now turn off my human brain or shall i not run on my human brain anymore shall i just be a hundred percent like org augmented okay, but this in this case it's not about uh the body it, it's purely about the brain it's then it's just about the intellect all oh, right then you get just normal humans who are just hanging out yeah and you get the AIs who are there, but Agent they are Cormac like on the on the uh, different like they are yeah, on the like opposite the two, two different AIs. Yeah, but the thing is that the AIs don't want to leave everything up to people who are massively augmented or golems or war drones. They want people who are still existing on that human level. And okay. Agent Cormac is then this polity agent, so he, but he has so, an augmentation, but it doesn't make him think better, and it doesn't make him superhuman, mm. and it doesn't make him this or it doesn't make him that, but it gives him a direct connection to the artificial intelligences, to mm. the AI sphere. Okay. So if he needs to know something, he can he just can think. Access. He can just access it, so he can think, right. I need to know this, and then it's delivered to him, yeah. or I need this to happen. It's like, it's like an, uh, an access to everything that's on the internet and yeah. you can always just but not just that but also the power of the ais okay so what they will do is they will put him into a situation he's like their cir- special circumstances contact kind of right. person so he's their puppet no that's the whole point i oh, know they become his puppet right and this is the very important thing this is the clever thing that i find that I've, or is the thing that one of the things that i find fascinating about this is that the ais don't want they they need someone who is existing on a human level mm-hmm. who can then go into different problems and situations and go to this planet where there's an uprising or go to this place which is mm-hmm. like on the line of polity mm-hmm. and can address the people not from this elevated position mm. of oh I'm a war drone I'm a golem right. I'm immortal or anything like that like I'm a human being mm-hmm. and I can make things happen from a human level with you know uh, with to deal with human problems right but bring to power this fleet of 100 warships behind me yes you know no i get it so he's like um the um i'm trying to think of uh another another place where exactly that is what's going on they they have to have a person that um these the 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 humans yeah can relate to because yeah yeah they're talking to to another human yeah and uh and then in that respect, they they um, yeah they they're trusting him. They yeah. trust. Yeah, that, that's the whole point. Yeah, and it's about he, the so trust. he is a figure of uh, human trust. Yeah. before from other people, but yeah. also he's a figure that um, that uh, the AIs have to trust. Mm. And again, in this book, it becomes more and more explicit what the AIs are doing at mm. this level. Is they they pretty much say like they, they're kind of spelling out what their motivations are. It's like we need somebody who we can trust as a human. Yeah, to look at this from a human level, um, because. 
it's really difficult for us to gauge it. Like in that set, in that situation, like oh, I just remembered. It's a bit like the Mission Impossible. You know, the reason why they send in um, Ethan, uh, Ethan Hunt, Ethan. and the gang. Yeah, they pretty much say, look, the easiest way to solve this problem is to to to, to just nuke these guys, but we'll kill a million people. Yeah, we send you in because you find a way to solve the problem without having to nuke a million people or you know accidentally you know put all these people at risk. Yeah, you're the one who can get the the rabbit's foot or the bomb or whatever. It's always a thing that they've got to go in yes. and get. Yeah, and they do it the in a gadget. way which is safe for everyone and nobody dies except yeah. some you know some bad guys will die the main some bad guy will die people. some security people who are working for the bad guys will die security um, person is a dangerous yeah. job <laughs> so so that's what he is like yeah. he so when i was saying before like what is the line like like this big danger that's coming in could kill billions of people like mm. billions upon billions of people are yeah. at risk here and so he needs to go in and um what co- um um, what's the word? Um, he needs to then uh, make sure that more people are then s- on the polity side, or how is this working? He like kind he, of has to be the one. I mean, again, it, some it's of like this is explicit. Di- diplomacy. No, no, he's the one who the oh, AIs turn to. No, to say how many pil- how many million people do we kill to stop this problem? Oh, do you oh, understand so, what I'm saying? And like, then him from his human point is like, no, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, look, no, we can, no. let's solve this in a different way. Right. Let's give it a bit more time. Like, that's the whole point is that the the easiest thing for the AIs yeah. is to be like, oh, if there's any ever a problem in any of these places, we can just like shut off the whole solar system and just yeah. blast everything from the solar system. Yeah. But like, there is a way to do this if we can do it safely. Is it worth it? What's worth it? What the risk worth? Yeah. And again, yeah, like the, so, sometimes the more explicitly. The human assessment. Yeah, he's the, he's the, human level like risk assessment mm. kind of person yeah and yeah anyway i i found this this interplay throughout these books pretty fascinating that also one other person who i want to talk about now mild spoilers now for horace blegg who one of the characters in this who? horace blegg okay he turns up and he's like this legendary figure. He's like, uh, they even, again, in this book, make it even more explicit. Like with the the one person who's, who one person who wanders the earth eternally, who is immortal, like the wandering Jew. You know, okay. it, it pops up in literature and in, in myth and history of like the one person who was cursed, like to, to, to live, live forever. To, to live forever. Yeah. And um, so, uh, so this guy has, has been around, this Horace Blegg. He started off, in uh, he was like in Japan mm. when the um, Hiroshima bomb dropped, mm. and he actually di- wasn't killed because he kind of stepped sideways through space. Uh-huh. Like he he can do the, like the jaunting thing where he can like go through go through whatever. Um, would you say like subspace or, or what? I can't remember the exact term in this book, but they go through subspace and pops out somewhere else. And in this book, it's kind of telling his backstory of like in these retroact things of like his stories like, oh, and then he traveled over to like, again, in the still in the Second World War, but mm. he went over to like Europe and Germany and had stuff. Okay. And then as time goes on, it kind of gives these little snippets of how his character goes, like how his character is is moving through time to the yeah. point where when the AI is suddenly take over, which is called the quiet war, what happens is there's this big like at the start this is how the polity got started there's like wars going on all that kind of, of stuff wars. and then the AIs take over and it's like a reverse Terminator kind of thing yeah. the AIs uh, all the artificial intelligences have a fight one comes out on top and is like alright uh, enough Yeah. And, and, and all the humans are like oh we're not running things anymore. It's like, no, no, I'm doing it. I'm running the economy nah, here. I'm I, doing I, that guy, stuff like that. I won this war. You didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even know there was a war happening and I've won it and now your life is getting better. And all the humans are like, this is terrible. We can't be run by AIs. And then after like a few years of peace and good like, stable ah, stuff. And the, yeah, it's, it's more like, oh, actually, this is kind of better. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's like the broad strokes way of how the policy got started. Yeah. Anyway, as soon as the AI... Uh, turned up Horace Blegg like um, bamfed himself into into where the AI like one of the interior security places of the AI and said hey let's talk <laughs> and uh, and then then he became like one of the first not agents but he was then kind of an ambassador for the right. for the uh, for the um, 
for the AI. And it took, and this book goes through the different times when, oh, he was in this place and, you know, this, you know, rock was falling down and he, you know, got out of it in this way. And so one of the reasons why he can live so long is that in any bad situation, he can just kind of like step sideways through space, uh, through, through a fourth dimension or fifth, that's, ninth that's dimension nice. and step out of the way. Uh, but here's the thing. As soon as um, Agent, uh, um, what's his name? Cormac. Cormac, yeah. Agent Cormac meets him. He's like, huh, well, yeah, knowing what I know about the polity, you're not a real person. <laughs> and so a few books ago, Bleg was told by uh, Agent Cormac, like, you think you're an immortal person going through, but I've worked with the AIs long enough that you're probably not a real person. You're actually just like a construct. You're, you're like a constructed person and all these memories are fake because... Again, Agent Comic has gone said that's what that's happened to me. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been reset myself and memories taken out of me and memories implanted in me as well. Uh, so uh, a lot of this so book, like this guy was planted by some other faction. That's what this book is about. Uh, it's about Horace Blegg uh, and Agent Cormac and other people trying to work out. Like a long, long-term bomb. Kind like, of no, not a long-term bomb. <laughs> no, like, no, this is the AI. Infil- infiltration. That's the whole point is that. No, not oh. in long-term infiltration. He is, he is another polity. He's another kind of polity agent. Do you understand what I'm saying? All of these other levels that the AIs are working with to communicate with humans. Yeah. What would be a really great way of doing this? Having like this mythical immortal man who's gone throughout entire history back from 1945, yeah. like has lived since 1945 and now it's like, you know, 20, you know, it's like a thousand years later and this but, man has been there all the way through. This legendary figure. And if he turns up into a situation, he's got a lot of swing. He's got a lot of weight and can turn entire situations around to his advantage. Right. Yeah, I get I get that. This is his this is his uh, his purpose with the A.I. Mm hmm. But you just said that, so, so I didn't quite understand that. So what? the AI, did the AI make make him? That's uh, that's the but point, it, is that Agent Cormac looks at him and says, you've got all the signs of being not a real person. You're a created personality. Right. Just been, with all these memories been implanted into you throughout time. And he just tells that. And in- Horace Blegg thinks he's an immortal man who's lived for a thousand years and been in all these different right. situations. So but basically, Agent, Corm- Agent Cormac tells him, hey, the AI wasn't honest with you or something. The AI, Agent Cormac says, look, you could be an immortal man who happens to have the abilities to, to, to jaunt sideways through and time. And who happens to be the only person. Like and who that. happens to be the only person with this skill and all this other kind of stuff. Um and Agent Cummings says, that's highly unlikely. What's probably more unlikely is that you are also an unknowing and unwitting agent of the polity. And they are, I'm a willing and knowing agent of the polity. Like right. my role is one that I know and I'm choosing to continue onwards. Because at the start of this book, he's like, he's been in therapy and things. And they're like, we've got a problem. Do you want to go? And he's like, no. And then he's like, okay i guess like that but what about if they have someone who doesn't know that they're an agent of the polity they just think he just thinks he's going on with his adventures but he happens to turn up in places Mm. which are handy for the polity and handy for Uh this to happen manipulation so and that's the question and again that was mentioned like two books ago and this is the this is the book where it's kind of solved and and they work out what's actually going on with uh, agent cormac has a conversation with him yeah uh, about this yeah it's not like to me i think the the ai would know about this yes of course the ai knows like this that kind of thing that's the whole point and again i don't want i mean i could just give it away right but again this is one of those interesting things like the whole backdrop of this these novels Mm. is what if you have an artificial intelligence who can speak you know they can talk they can communicate with humans Mm. but they don't intrinsically have humanity in themselves Mm. Mm. How many layers of intermediaries do you need to go through hmm. to actually work with humanity on a day-to-day, you know, I was going to say galaxy-wide, it's not galaxy-wide, yeah, yeah. but many, many solar systems, like mm-hmm. a thousand solar system with an advancing line of polity. Mm. Like, where, what, where, what are you, like, where are you getting up to? Like, how... Like, how do you mediate between those things? Right. Like, yeah. how yeah, many... Yeah, because you're on the opposite. We just made... We just... Yeah. I literally just uh, formed with my yeah, hands yeah, yeah. a graph in yeah, front like... of us. Like, and the AI and humans are on the opposite 
spectrums. Yeah. And then you just told me about all the all the possible. I didn't tell you about all of them. Weirdly oh, enough, in this book, there were there, ma- there are actually many more layers. It's, it's going always on. a shade. It's never just like a. Okay, but let's 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 flip this around, or let's add another dimension here. You said there's a scale of like, and you just held out your two hands, mm. like you know, humans this side, um, po- like policy over there. Where do animals fit on that? I'm just going to throw in something out there. Where do animals fit on that? You would have to say, are they to the left of humans, yes. or are they? But why to the left of humans? Because they can't communicate. What about dolphins who communicate with each other? Oh, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so let's. Well, maybe take it's it, just another strand. Yeah. Well, maybe let's take it in another graph, like how close they are to maybe human thought or human biology. Because this book also on the Spatterjay as well. The Spatterjay is a planet with a virus on it, huh. and. In in that book, if you get bitten by one of these leeches, it slowly starts replacing the core of your like the the, the matter of your body wow. with this other kind of like alien biology, and it means you can never leave that planet again. Oh, but you God. get you g- gain immortality over time because your parts of your body grow back mm. if anything gets injured, and you also get super strength like because you're you're getting these pumped up. <laughs> met- but but you're not allowed to leave that. You can't leave that planet huh. like because they don't. Also, you need to be you know you need to have that biology around around, you to keep it going but you know what What? not leaving a planet the worst things human humans have not it's not a great planet oh it's It's not not a great great planet planet. okay i was just about to say being planet bound yeah yeah yeah. it's pretty bad but at the same time one of the storylines of there is that hornets hornet nests Mm. are actually then actually have a hive mind the Mm. second main intelligence to leave earth are actually hornets and one of the people in there is a human agent of a hornet's nest like the the (laughs) the global hornet's nest from earth actually has someone out and sends people out and one of the people who arrives on the spatterjay planet is like a is is like a hornet and hornet ambassador hornet ambassador and he has like all of the money that the hornet has earned behind him so he's like a different kind of person there's also the Predor which are the main enemies but one of the Predors arrive on the Spatterjay and then that alien gets infected by this other alien thing and then it starts getting the, the alien do you understand what I'm saying like there's this these levels going up oh and down God. in oh it, you like this entire novel series is just a playground of what like where do Bi- these different... biology but yeah and... so it's like biology and the this the first two books of this were uh you know whatever stuff going on but general you know james bondy kind of hey let's go around these yeah. last two books though brass man and now is it brass man yeah brass man and now polity agent yeah there's this thing called jane technology which was kind of mentioned before but these two books really get into this which is a which is like a um a very 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 dangerous form of like precursor technology and okay. you do not want to you do not want to let jane technology out because it it latches on to someone who has got intelligence like mm-hmm. human intelligence mm-hmm. and biolo- biological intelligence mm-hmm then winds its way into them hmm. and you get these Jane nodules, like these little bits that kind of get into you all over. But then they allow you to subvert other human technology and they go, well, what are your desires? What are your desires? And whoever has any desires, it says, well, we can do that. Like we can go it. And it feeds the human's desires until it then replaces the human's desires once that human is powerful enough. And so the previous book was like, oh, there's a Jane technology outbreak. We've got to stamp it out. Let's say and in Agent Cormac. All oh, right. And in the previous book, they solved that. I think by like dumping it into a star, like into yeah, the we, surface we of a star. We always know that that never works. There's always something left. And then this book, there's something left, and the same same kind mm. of thing happens. Oh, it's a different thing. So this is where all shit goes down. It's a bit like in uh, what is it? Not the Expanse. Is it the Expanse? Mm. Yeah, yeah. With the, the, same, with, the with, with the virus and the Expanse. Yeah, and also um, with. Um, you know, uh, with the uh, revelation space and yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the the kind, what's the stuff? The, yeah, the, the melding the, plague. The melding yeah. plague. There's always like a, a yeah, thing. Yeah, so this is this is the melding plague or whatever it is <laughs> uh, that or whatever it's called in the expanse. Whatever. No, it's the um, proto 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 uh, molecule. Yeah. So yeah. this is a kind of a proto molecule with its own, but like also in the same way the proto molecule yeah. has its own thing. Oh, this is to wipe out humanity or wipe out civilization, whatever it is. So the book actually. 
starts in this really interesting way that you get these wormholes and you get these different ways of traveling around. Yep. It's possible to create a wormhole that doesn't only travel through space, but also travels through time. However, you really don't want to use it because as soon as it's closed, all the energy that it takes to actually, you know, disrupt causation across time mm. collapses and can wipe stuff out like you wipe, don't want to have that really, happening really really bad in the past and stuff really bad time travel has a big cost in this but yes. what's happened is that some people from the polity have gone over to the i don't know i think it's the like small magellanic cloud or whatever like outside they've gone all the way over there it's taken the mages to go over there hmm. they found some jane technology and they're like what we can do here, this is how this book opens, what we can do here is destroy this Jane technology by going 800 years back to the past to right. tell the polity that there's Jane technology and it's very, very bad. Yeah. And by doing that, as long as we close the gate down at the other end, like at the polity end when we go back through, it's going to sterilize the small Magellanic cloud. Right. And that's how this book starts. Okay. By sterilizing an entire small galaxy okay. of life, of anything. That's how bad the Jane are. Okay. That somebody has decided to wipe out so all life in a small <clears throat> galaxy to stop the Jane technology so did coming back with them. Make the equations. What is worse? Yeah, but there, there was the polity wasn't over there. Okay. But that's what that was the decision that they had. Right. Anyway, some Jane technology comes up in you know back in, in, in the polity. No, yeah. no, not that. It's like some oh, remaining somewhere. Jane, some remaining Jane technology that they found that they found here. They actually say, oh, that we've actually found quite a bit of Jane technology, like over in all these systems. How much? Well, we've got about you know eight hundred grams worth. <laughs> of jane oh, technology no. and it's all these little nodules and bits and pieces and like oh that's it you know so okay. it's it's there these things are found but like the ai's crack down on them and find them and make sure that no humans touch them because as soon as a human touches them they're it, in it yeah they're in it yeah um or maybe not because maybe they're they're not just a human intelligent maybe they're an augmented uh, uh humanity so in the previous book the person the, who got the to, was nodules. touched the one who touched a jane nodule yeah. was just a baseline human yeah in this book some other people or someone else is touched with it yeah. and she isn't a baseline human she's an augmented human <laughs> okay. and so she is like oh right it's wanting to use me but i can then use my augmentation to, to run use it would yet kind of use it and okay. work out what's like going a symbiosis. on. Yeah, so she kind of uh, throughout the course of the book, or at the start of the book, sets up a symbiotic relationship with this Jane technology, like one of these Jane mo modules, Jane nodules, right? And starts using that power, but isn't being subverted by it. And then it's like, well, how long can that carry on? Meanwhile, yeah. some planet with you know five billion people living in this continent-sized city. Has been infected and they're like, oh, we got to close that down. Oh, anyway, no. so all this to say, the book gets really deep into this kind of stuff. I'm just like throwing out some, you know, stuff that happens in this book. What really comes down to, though, and the reason why, while I really enjoy all of the different discussions and these different layers, and sometimes it is literally just discussions like, okay, now let's have a discussion about this thing in science fiction. <laughs> and what would happen if an AI met a, a uh, an augmented alien with this way and that way and that way, and then somebody else who was a time-traveling person who could jaunt through, like, and what happens but if they missed it? But it's not, it's not actually people happen. Sometimes people are having people these conversations, conversations about yeah. hypothesis. Yeah, some people hypothetical uh, yeah. things. Sometimes happening. people are literally having conversations about what would happen in this situation, right. and other times that stuff is then also just happening. happening. Yeah. Now, this is the Agent Cormac series. Yes, Agent Cormac is in about thirty percent of this book, oh. and it's a good thirty percent. Like that thirty percent of the book is kind of good, but it felt to me this is the one where it's kind of a little bit disconnected from his story. Of course, it does come back to him. He does play a major part in some of it, I guess. But yeah. then there's more about Horace Blegg. He's like another one. Of the main characters mm -hmm. these other people who have you know like the people who get infected by jane technology they have a lot of stuff going on yeah and then there's like this other agent who agent comic works with who i i i should go back and read like the first book in the series or like <laughs> his introduction because i'm always like oh yeah there's this other guy who's always hanging out and he's fun you know like yeah. he's it's great guy but it does feel like um ju just like an extra person you know, like just like, you know, like the Avengers, there's sort of like suddenly I, I, we, I missed the middle one of the 
what is it? Oh, there was Iron Man, and there was there was the the guy who um, Cody or something who's like this Air Force guy who's like hanging out oh, yeah, with yeah. him like that. And I didn't watch. Um, then I didn't watch the Iron Man two, but then I did watch another one of the Avengers movies, and there was another guy who was now. But it was a different actor, and I didn't realize that in the second it, Iron Man movie, they just replaced he, the actor. A different but the actor. character is the same. Yeah, the character yeah. is the same. But yeah. then the, that character gets an Iron Man suit huh. who goes around. I think it's mm. War Machine. Is it War yeah, Machine yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't realize. Oh, this guy who's War Machine in this one is that same that, guy. But they yeah. changed actors, and I keep feeling this with with this person who I, I can't even remember his name, but just like the other agent who hangs out with Agent Cormac, like Agent Cormac's right hand man. He does loads of stuff in this book, and I'm always like, who is this guy again? Like I can never. <laughs> really remember him okay. and there's a, a few too many times in this book where i'm like who am i who am i following now oh right and then the brass man who was in the previous book now he he's i thought the brass man oh no the brass oh i didn't you know this golem kind of thing going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and what happens is the scope of the story kind of zooms out a bit which is fantastic if you want like big space battles with like intricate um you know uh, philosophical discussion no, not no, philosophical, like experiments space battles actual uh, space but, battles oh, like what are the tactics of a space battle if okay. these if these spaceships turn up here and those spaceships are going to go against them what do they do oh this happens oh and that happens oh but that was a counterfeit counterfeit oh. and all this kind of stuff no it's great I love all that kind of that, stuff but not for me Agent Cormac was kind of just hanging out on a planet they literally say at one point what we're going to do this might be too dangerous us flying around here with humans on board because the G-forces might squish them you off. we're going to drop you off on this planet <laughs> and we're going to go off and then I'm like wait a second so what's Agent Cormac doing and he's just with these other people he's Again, he's with one of everyone. Like you know, yeah, this, yeah. this category is with some uh, people who are baseline humans. He's Augmented. with the Spart- Sparta kinds. Um, he's got like the human figures, which are actually the dragon. This is the, I don't even want to talk about the dragon because that's a different thing that's from previous novels as well. Um, the dragon, the Draco men, he, and then with a with a war drone, with golems, with some org people, and the Spartans, who I think are the Sparta kind, which are just humans but like augmented for fighting muscles. muscles and fighting but they're not like augmented and this there's him a bit like, and Horace Blake and there's like a group feels, of them this feels a bit like uh, in like um, Lord of the Rings yeah, where they is. have like it's, a yeah, one exactly of all kind and also like Lord of the Rings they're like let's put you in a cave system and you've got to go through the mines of Moria and you're being chased by literally it's that kind of thing and you've got to get over here and you've got to drop down this thing and go through here and then the Balrog comes behind and, and do and they this also co- have to collect like a uh, an item no they've just got to survive and just got to oh, get out which is which is fine and let me guess some of the some of the humans behave like in the way that makes it more dangerous in the situation than you know it doesn't matter like again it's it's what you expect it to be to be a planetary adventure okay. where people go through some caves being chased by some form of aliens okay which it's fun. fine. It's fine. But it did feel like, wait, what's Agent Cormac doing in this space battle again? Oh, oh he's the he's, babysitter. Yeah, he's like, like he's either being babysat or he's being, or he's babysitting Horace Blegg and these other people who are going along. You just go, oh right, but he's not actually contributing to the solution. He does in a way, but like he, it never really felt like he was really like in control, which is fine. But it's like, it's like, okay, James Bond. James Bond movie and mm-hmm. I want you know if Agent Cormac is going to be the James Bond he's going to go on these adventures okay, let's and say save he's the, the day. James Bond if he is the James Bond imagine a James Bond movie where he's only in 30% of it and Q is over here doing this and M is over here doing this and like most of the action follows Q doing some weapons research and M doing some you yeah. know administration over I'm here I'm sure we had this kind and, of stuff and 30 and, and another 25% of it is like actually following M- Money the Penny. L- yeah Miss Moneypenny but then no <laughs> No, but also like the the bad guy Spectre. It's sort of like you just spend a lot of now. You always get the scene in a in a Bond movie where the bad guy comes in as like, ha ha here is my plan, and I'm going to do this. Yeah. But you don't see all of the logistics of that along the way, and their motivation, and how they became the bad guy. Like you can get that in movies, but that's not what a Bond movie is. A Bond no. movie is let's follow this one guy. We'll get we'll get flashes of the bad people doing bad stuff, and then James Bond turns up and and saves people. Yes, and then we might get oh over here something happening but then james bond will turn up in that location later and do something you know yes it's gonna happen here it's like all of that sort of stuff going on and james bond is like on a separate mission over on this planet and then everyone else does everything else (laughs) and then at the end they get all to get together again and you're like wait what was james bond doing is like oh so i was just i was in therapy at the start i wasn't sure if i wanted to do this mission (laughs) and i had like a love interest in this one you know okay um so could this book has been have been divided into 
into two. What it is, it's like a turning point in that if this was just a polity novel, I'd be like, oh, a polity novel. And I did go into it thinking, oh, I want another polity novel because I like this world and I like the interaction of these aliens and these... Like, again, it's it's similar to what these other science fiction authors do with that, the culture and yeah. the, the other things and this yeah. thing. But it's like, it's all of that, but every book just cranks it up to 11 one more time, you know? Yeah, it's and like... pushes the boundaries of what's going on. It's like a universe. They're building a universe and yeah. then they are having little... Um, little uh, focusing on yeah. different like problems philosophical ideas no psychology. not little no, problems not yeah, little not, problems not little, no but no of course not little but you know they they concentrate on um i don't know wormholes in some places uh, ai mm. biology no i get i get what thoughts, you're talking about yeah whatever so, if i was just like this is a polity novel Fine, it's all good. But as an Agent Cormac story, and it's like I was reading it as the fourth book in the Agent Cormac series, yes. not a great Agent Cormac book. Okay. But really good fun with everything else going on. Okay. So really enjoyed this book. Yeah. Four stars. Cool. However, How was no, the let's audio- say three and a half stars oh. because uh. <laughs> it, if, again, it was just a bit unbalanced, really. And it, it kind of... Like I say, all the stuff that I enjoyed about it, it felt like that was it, but it never really came together as a main whole. Right. Like, if this was just this book, like, okay, if you, if you want to break it up, if this was just the novella about um, Horace Blegg and Agent Cormac mm-hmm. and their history together mm-hmm. and their identities and what they're doing for the polity, that would have, it could have worked just as that. Yeah. If it was just the bit which was um, the space battles, although, you know, the the the... the because, again, there's this whole other section which I didn't even mention in this book because I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll talk to you about it once we finish recording. Okay. But this whole other section, if this book was just that whole other section, yeah. just that thing that the space also battles would have, stand by that itself. would have been, if it was just the Jane technology bit, it, that would also could have worked by itself. So maybe... What? Maybe this is the kind of book where he had all these stories laying around. No, no, no. His thing, and then he I read. like how much you just throw this spaghetti at the wall. And it's <laughs> impressive how much of the spaghetti sticks. You know, there's a whole point of like, like throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. It all sticks. But sometimes I want the 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 artist to not throw spaghetti against the wall but like paint a painting like get the fresco like prepare it down get beat the eggs into the dye or whatever sculpt it is sculpt it into the wall yeah sculpt it like, into the like wall. sculpt it onto the wall and so it's spaghetti so it's, face you're choosing what's going to be there and it's going to make a like a coherent story it doesn't matter how much i like you know whatever some jackson pollock, jackson pollock. Yeah, i was just like, thinking everything like, splattered against the wall jackson pollock is uh, like the artwork when you actually you see pictures of it like a photos in books or, or whatever yeah. you're like, oh, like that. Yeah. and then you go to an art gallery and it's see like, one you're like, uh, <laughs> like oh right i actually yes. see like the depth of it the size yeah. of it you yeah. know all these different yeah. kind of stuff once you, you start looking into yeah, it yeah once you actually see these paintings in yeah. person like these yeah. great works of art where you you know you look at them and go oh, i don't really get it and then you actually go to the louvre and you see the uh, and then you, the raft you of don't the only see the spaghetti yeah. but you see all the meatballs and the basilica no no that's not the point the that's not my point cheese. my point is it's possible <laughs> if you were to write if you were to put all of this stuff into one story yeah it wouldn't it, you can't have all of this stuff okay because that's the thing about these jackson pollocks where they're like all right we're going to use green plate uh, paint and blue paint and red paint and, and it and all white paint and it's going to be this size and it's going to go like off the edges that's the whole point yeah. is that like a lot of those pictures he didn't just he didn't put everything in the canvas no. the picture goes beyond, beyond the canvas yes. yeah. and it can be unsatisfying you're like oh i've got to the edge what happens it's like oh that's you know that was left on the floor and you're like wait a second but what about the hornets in all of this and you're like, I don't, but they would just mention them in chapter three and we don't need to talk about them. Like, oh no, and like, you know, that, that scattershot approach, scattershot is fantastic because you can knock clay pigeons out of the sky with scattershot. You know, that's really great. What's scattershot? Uh, clay pigeon shooting and you go and it comes out with butt oh, shot you know I thought I thought you were just now really referring to like the scatter j no, kind no, of spatter j oh spatter <laughs> oh, Sc- scatter shot means like you know when you when you shoot a sh- sh- shotgun blast against oh, the wall but shot some... ah, this shot is... shot yeah, yeah, yeah. shot put no I, I now understand is no in, in German in German if you have a, a, a schrot flinte yeah which is um 
where you shoot uh, like deer and stuff yeah. with. It's like uh, all these little little yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, lead uh, bullets that is and shot. Sh- spreading out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The whole point of that is a scatter shot approach means you don't have to aim really precisely. Yeah. You just go like that. And one of them will hit. One of them will hit. In this case, if you shoot at a barn door, you know, if we're, if we're mixing metaphors all the way around, <laughs> you can you can shoot a scatter shot at a barn door and hit the barn door. It's yeah. and That's the thing. Everything in this book hit for me, yeah. but it did feel a bit too much Jackson Pollocky scatter shot spaghetti against the wall. Mm-hmm. Whereas what... Um, what Ian M. Banks does in his novels is like I'm crafting this one character who's only in this book because they're going to go on this journey to talk about these themes in this way and meet these aliens and and with these spaceships and have this journey and finish up this way and it's just a lot more satisfying to have all of that there. You but know. he, it, it feels to me like I I can't remember what really you talked about when you to- told me about the Brassman novel. No, but that felt more like more like that. Yes, it was actually. It was. So more. if you think about the Polity series there, yeah. like you're not going into a, an exhibition of one kind of thing, but you are you're going into an exhibition and it's yeah. like a it's like a, a compilation of different kinds of No, works it's not arts. It's it's all of those bits of art. It's mixed media. This is what I'm okay, trying to say. Mixed media. No, no. Even so it's not like... a compilation. A compilation <laughs> is sort of like over here. A great example of um, of uh, money. Of what? No, no. Of uh, of oil paints. And over here, oh, okay. um, oh. charcoal. And over here is a sculpture made out of uh, out of um, clay. Clay. And over here is a sculpture made out chiseled out of stuff. And over here is a uh, collage or whatever. And then this is sort of like right. This is a single painting where someone has also smashed up um, a clay sculpture and a marble sculpture glued it together did some welding around the edge did some spray paint and some fine painting yeah 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 (laughs) oh I have seen these kind of things before but what I mean is is that not it is not I'm I think now we're critiquing each other's metaphors rather than actually talking <laughs> no, about the I'm book. talking about all of these books. <laughs> oh, okay. And not just no, a no, single no, one. No, no, that's the thing. This this is definitely a single story in the same way, in the in the opposite way of the culture series, which is it, that's telling the story of the culture from its big war with the aliens. Yeah. Um, to, you know, it's a similar kind of Predor war in this sort of like big um, existential threat to the polity. Okay. And in the same way that in the that the first book of the uh, culture series is the existential threat to the culture right. with the aliens called the, not the Predor, another yeah. uh, another thing. I can't remember what they're called. But like uh, you, you looked at before, you looked at the chronological order of yeah, the Yeah, I don't series. think that's correct. I don't think that's correct. There's, there's, they're talking about stuff in this book. Which happened? Where you have which to have happened in Orbus? Okay. Yeah, like if they're talking about this in Orbus, and then I read Orbus, I probably wouldn't have even recognized it. But having right. read Orbus, I'm like, oh, they're talking about Orbus here, okay. you know. But right. don't worry about it too much. Again, let's. I want to wrap up this so the podcast. This is a bit more of a, a, a standalone, separate. It's not a standalone. That's no. not my issue with this book. Okay. My issue with this book is that it's totally fine to have a bit of everything in the book. Okay. That's fine, but it'll never be a five-star book if it's this scattershot, if it's this pile everything on. Some books can get to five stars by just being like, oh, I thought of something, it's in the book. I thought of something, it's in the book. I thought of something, it's in the book. This is taking that... not quite that approach because it's it's it relies so much on previous things like there's the book too right. like the lightning which i love because I was they're just, just about, like I, that just was, put everything that's the, my, that one of my examples the, of like the example that came to my yeah. mind was oh that's too like yeah. the lightning it's like that's someone's someone's first novel and they just had every idea and every idea went in the book and it made a really rich world which was worth spending time in and then didn't carry on with it this in this book it's sort of like every every new novel introduces a new form of alien technology or layer of intellect of of uh, artificial intelligence or all other kind of stuff right you know all of that stuff's going on all the time but then they're like oh this spaceship turns up and i'm like mm, i remember that i remember the name of that spaceship but i can't remember what they did and why they're now on the run mm-hmm. in this book mm-hmm. you know and yeah. this pair out to turn up and i was like oh i thought that character died before maybe they didn't 
die before? You know, like I haven't read these books back to back soon enough to always be on top of everything that's going on. Right. But it's like this world that I'm very comfortable in, so I don't really mind. Yes. You know, I'm already very bad at remembering people's faces and recognizing people and knowing their names yeah. as I meet them. It's totally fine for me in a book not to remember who this sidekick guy is. <laughs> he keeps turning up in these books and I'm like, how did he? I know he, he must have been in the first book, <laughs> but like, I know we're meant to care about him yeah. and, you know, and hope he doesn't die in any bad situation he's in. Um, but yeah, it's not really helping. Big rainstorm outside. Yeah, right, let's wrap it. it up there. Okay. I'm giving this so, book... three and a half stars. Now I'm going to give it 3.75 stars because it, it's better than uh, three and a half stars. I, it's, <laughs> it's more than that kind of like, oh, average book that I really, really enjoyed. But it, it's not a four-star book. It's not It's not a great not book. It's, it's, okay. it's a very good book for someone who's enjoyed the... Someone who's enjoyed eight previous novels of Neil Asher, <laughs> yeah. which is totally... Again, it's totally in my wheelhouse. That's why I opened yes. up with this. Like the Peter and, F. Hamilton, Alistair Reynolds... Um, Ian M. Banks and now Neil Asher. Those guys, they're writing books. They're writing you. They're writing books for 40 year old British male um, science fiction readers. <laughs> yeah. That's who they're writing books for. Yeah. And I am that person. And it's great. Absolutely. There's many authors who are writing for other people and I enjoy their books as well. But when when I re- recognize that I'm in a, a target demographic. When you want to have some comfortable... Uh, a comfort reading. Yeah, I'll read about different levels of now, levels see, of AI. You, 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 you didn't battles. let me go there. Okay. Audiobook. How was it? Oh yeah, audiobook. I it, I brought up here. Was it cohesive? Uh, yeah, Rick Jerom is is the audiobook narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very good. He he has voices for all the characters, which is all good. He does he does a good job. He he does the the classic thing of a British audiobook narrator of different planets just have different regional action accents. Accents, absolutely. Uh, which works really well. Um. But it has a few weird pronunciations. Right. They always catch me up. So outside here, outside this room, yeah. the, the 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 small thin room that joins together our kitchen, our toilet, uh, the, the corridor. office corridor. Okay, so you say the word corridor ending with door, and he was his corridor, 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 and. Once you hit on a, a, a something which you consider or I consider like maybe an accepted pronunciation, yeah, pronunciation, corridor. pronunciation, corridor. Pronunciation, mm. corridor. But then, then there's like ex- someone starts exploring a spaceship, and guess what? Spaceships have a lot of corridors, corridors. Ah. And they went, and then down this end of the corridor, and then over here, and then through this corridor, and down at the other end of the corridor, the the space aliens started corridor. coming. Uh. Corridor, Cor- and, and I was like, oh, and there's there's like <laughs> five or six words in this book where the pronunciation is just a, a little bit off, and yeah. I'm like, wait, no, you no, that's what? not that's <laughs> not how you pronounce. The, that's not how you pronounce the word, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this, this kind of stuff like can be putting. It wasn't. It wasn't. Our, but it did suddenly catch me up, and I'm like, oh, hey, what corridor again? Yeah. How many? And you don't realize how many times a writer will include one word over and over until oh, that's yes. the word that someone oh, is yes. doing. A, a, Unless you actually type yeah. in and search for that word, and it comes yeah. up 140 times. I don't know. And then the you audiobook. Know, Good audiobook. Um, yes, that's it. Nice. Let's let's wrap 3. it up there. We do have another. Stars. We got like another three podcasts that we need to do. I know. We got uh, so Yulia, much. To I do. said we're going to do another podcast about um, Piranesi because yes. I did a podcast. I said let's see if Juliana wants to read it or not after me doing the podcast. And I thought I did. I did I said, read it. I got I said, it from the library. I said, this probably isn't going to be a book for Juliana. And then she came out and said, no, I think I will read it. And now she doesn't want to talk about it. So maybe I was correct. So let's, we'll answer that question on the next science fiction book review podcast. Yes. Was and I it, correct? It will in, be about that book. Was I correct in thinking Juliana shouldn't bother reading Piranesi? And was it worth her pushing through to the end? Even did the you, fact that Did I, you say I shouldn't read it? We, I will, I will even listen back to the end of the podcast again, the previous one. Oh, Don't worry, okay. that'll be the next podcast. I've got another audiobook that I'm just about finishing up, and we've got another podcast project which we won't <sighs> renounce now as well. Too busy, so too busy. Let's get to it. I just want to say, um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge on Twitter. Also on Instagram, I'm Luke Burridge over on Instagram. I'm no longer not juggling Luke. I've I've stopped doing that account. That was a that was a lockdown, COVID lockdown kind of experiment to see mm-hmm. if I should have two separate Twitter uh, uh, Instagram accounts. 
out. So it's one, too stressful. It was just it was just annoying to have to check yeah. two places. Um, Juliana is also on Twitter and on Instagram. Yes. Uh, J-U-K-U Berlin. Yes. You can email me, luke at juggler.net if you've got any messages or any feedback. You should, a great way to give feedback is on the listener feedback page on the Goodreads Yes, I just, uh, yesterday I read a few of the yeah. new comments and yeah, places. Thank you. And, uh, the next book that I'm going to be reviewing after Piranesi yes. is a book that was recommended in the books I would like to see reviewed oh. thread on the SFBRP listener groups cool. on Goodreads. So I, t- I always tell people, if you want Luke to read a book, I always say happen. this. Post a book that you want to read. If somebody else says, oh, yes, I would recommend that too. It, I am very much more likely to get to a book if it has a few other people saying, oh, yeah, I think you'll enjoy that, Luke. So I did get yeah. to that too. Um, you can also support us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Again, I always say, mostly set this up for people to support my juggling projects, um, things like uh, like the, the, the juggling training, the videos that I put out, video essays, Fight Night Combat, which is a juggling sport that I that I run. And now everyone's like, hey, when is it going to be an Olympic an Olympic sport. Oh, never. We had a we did a whole podcast about will juggling ever should juggling or will juggling or could juggling ever be a uh, an Olympic sport? And I posted that uh, on YouTube and on the juggling podcast, yeah. and also for free on Patreon, so anyone can listen to that episode. If you want us to get really into the weeds for an hour and a half, you yeah. know we can talk for an hour and a half about a single book. Just imagine a topic like the easy. Olympics. Easy, easy, um, and also uh, the Patreon supporters now are, uh, are supporting me doing the rebuild of a magnet juggling machine a magnet powered yes. juggling machine a machine Fun that to, catches to, balls for you and to then you watch press buttons. Luke build stuff and you can you can follow along on that I'm doing I'm doing daily vlogs I mean uh, they're all edited already I'm just now releasing them daily this week so check out check out my daily vlogs of me doing a, a redesign and rebuild of a of a juggling machine that I can hopefully travel with and perform with in the future yeah um so that's it patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge thank you everyone Again, thank you all to all our science fiction book review podcast listeners who also support us through there it's, uh, so great. it's absolutely fantastic yes one thank one you. one dollar is great we do have some people who give five some people who give ten some people who give a bit more than that as well <gasps> which is fantastic wow so you that's guys, it uh, thank you so much yes I'm that's all of it Oh, yes. you can also, you can check out every book that I reviewed in one big list. Someone says, hey, you should read this book. And I'm like, no. Nah. They said, you've never reviewed this author before. And I was like, I totally have reviewed that author. It Here's turns the out. List. Go check out the list. It's long. It's now how many? 462 episodes long. Go to sfbrp.com and click episode list. Look for stuff before you ask. But, well, they said, you've never, uh, you've never reviewed anything by Elizabeth Bear. And I'm like, yes, I have. And I was like, oh, no, I've reviewed books by Elizabeth Moon and Greg Bear, but never Elizabeth Bear. As I said, not very good in names and faces. All right. That's it for me. Thanks a lot for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.